everything on fucking silent. Put your phone on silent and listen to me now. My name is Voldemort and I'm going to be guiding you through today's trials, tribulations, COVID-19 tips brought to you by Voldemort. Show me your wand, Harry! When he said, show me your wand, Harry, what I'm thinking is that the person who wrote Harry Potter, what's her name? J.K. Rowling. When Voldemort said, show me your wand, Harry, innuendo, he was thinking, Harry, whip out your cock. What? So that's a little twist, right? We found out Dumbledore's gay. That wasn't really presented to us inside the movies. And then we also found out Voldemort's gay. What's next? Everyone's gay? That's cool with me because it's 2020. Whoa! Entering the 2020 sphere. There are 20,000 genders. We are excited for all of them. And together, we are united. Everybody is here. Just like in Super Smash Bros, we're all here, united, accepted, and, and, and we're going to be killing it together. Hey, everybody. Did I say some fucked up shit? Let me know in the comments section below. <laughs> Welcome to episode 21 of Get Up with Josh Dewey, where we're just going to, we're just going to, we're just going to plunge our cocks directly into the ice block, right? Have you ever done that? I've peed into snow. Oh, uh, 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 snow peer. Uh, oh, yeah, you do that when you live somewhere with snow. People who don't live places with snow, you don't know that, but we do. We, we pee in the snow, and better yet, we're told, don't eat it. That's not lemon flavor. In fact, that's the worst flavor, pee. And I bet there are worse flavors than pee, but we're led to believe that snow pee is bad for us. But what if... We took all of the snow pea in the world and served it as ice cream. Huh? That's a business idea. Now, I consider myself to be a very business-minded person. I can cut deals. I can cut corners. I can cut myself. That's emo. I don't think many businessmen are emo, but if you can tap into your own emotional turmoil, anything that sends you reeling and put that into focus into your business... That could be authenticity. That could be anything. You, you, could, you could sell pea-flavored ice cream. Huh? I call it creamy piss. <laughs> I call it piss cream. We're going to serve up piss cream to the entire world, and the whole world will know that piss is not the worst flavor. Because what is the worst flavor? <laughs> I don't like I don't like stomach acid. I don't like the taste of magic mushrooms. Yeah, I put a P at the end of that. Did I? Did you hear that, audio listeners? I said magic mushrooms. Ha 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 ha. He doesn't say it properly. That's like somebody who says you caught me unawares, but that's actually how you say that. So what are the other worst flavors of the world? Okay, so have you ever had Birdie Bot's every flavored beans? I like the popcorn flavor. Haha, <laughs> whoa, this guy's pretty crazy. If you ever smell burnt popcorn, you're probably having a stroke. Am I having a stroke right now? That's what you're probably thinking. How is this guy's brain moving like this? How is he jamming smoothly? Creamy piss? How did he come up with that? How does he, he have so much fucking energy. 
Let me tell you guys, I drank two cups of coffee today and did not smoke weed before this episode, so whoa, get your mind fucking blown. You're like, what? I just turned into a pig. What the fuck? How did you turn into a pig? That is actually a really good idea for a skit that I've been working on. So we're just gonna like run through that real quick because I've spent zero time actually thinking about this skit. So let me set the scene for you guys. So we open on a setting, three thrones, kings, just kidding. So the video is like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank or whatever the fuck it's called in your country because every country seems to have one. In, in England, they, they call it the foxhole. And, 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 in, and in Mexico, they, they call it the Chupacabra's Den. Where does the risk begin and the funny end? I don't know. Has the funny even begun? Anyway, so this will be kind of like a Dragon's Den Shark Tank type thing where um, there are three people, maybe more, sitting at chairs, right? Just like I am. What? How do they do that? Well, they just sit their bottoms down. We all know how to do it, okay? So um, we have three people sitting down and then they are on an elevated platform to show that they are of higher status than the person who is of low status and presenting to them a very new and interesting idea. They have to present something to these three people that they will want to invest in. Some kind of original idea where they think, Wow, I could see this taking off. Like, for example, a flying car. Motherfuck. But you can't demonstrate that inside of the Dragon's Den because they bring their inventions in with them. And I can't think of anything that I've ever seen on the Dragon's Den, but there are, like, very successful ideas that have come from there. So this, in this video... The successful idea that would be presented is like, um, okay, so the guy walks in, who's going to be presenting the idea, and then there's like a little like um, interview with this guy, and and it's it, he's going to be talking about how nervous he is and how much work he's put into this. He's going to go, yeah, okay, so yeah, I'm really nervous for today. Um, I've been working on this for a very long time. I come from a little farm in Oklahoma and, and, and I've been experimenting on this for pretty much the last 10 years now. It's been a big time passion project of mine and I think we're ready to really hit the streets with this. We just gotta see what the dragons think is what's up. And his idea is there is a giant mechanism and if you step into the mechanism and he hits the red button, you become a pig. What? Who doesn't want to be a pig? So, the catch is, nobody actually wants to be a pig. But in this video, whoa, all of the dragons or the sharks uh, in, in the shark tank, they want to be pigs. So, this guy presents the idea, and instead of being like, ah, um, that seems kind of weird. They're like, yo, what the shit? Dude, yes, I've always wanted to be a pig. What do pigs do? Pigs don't pay taxes. Pigs don't commute to work. I live in LA. I have a 40-minute commute both ways, and the whole time, I'm listening to the Joe Rogan podcast, or worse, Get Up With Josh Doey, where I'm just plunged into chaos, and, and I need that because I'm in the middle of traffic. Are you in traffic, by the way? Leave a comment in the comment section below. Anyway, so this video idea is going to be that. And, and, and the dragons are just like very enthused about becoming pigs. And, and that's really all that I've put into that idea so far. So I was hoping by talking about it that something might change. But really, it's still kind of a, a, a dead-end idea. 
but we'll see. Maybe I'll just like jump in front of the blue screen and uh, get it done and um, maybe improvise it. You know, uh, I'm an improviser. I did go to improv school for like two weeks. Um, I <laughs> That's kind of a funny thing on my Facebook profile. If you find me on Facebook, which is not hard to find, um, you will see that in my education section, it does say that I went to Upright Citizens Brigade. I think it is. Yes, Upright Citizens Brigade. <laughs> that was back in February. And I, I, I went there for improv for a two-week intensive. Um, and I put that on my acting resume. And um, sometimes I forget what things are called or sometimes I just don't think enough. And um, I wrote it as United Citizens Brigade. So anybody who read that was like, what is that? Instead of just being like, yo, Upright Citizens Brigade. Yo, dope. They're like, this guy doesn't even know the school properly. Did he even go to that? You know, and, and when you see my improv skills, sometimes you may wonder, sometimes you may wonder, is his head in the clouds? Where is he? Why don't you ground yourself? That's, some, that's kind of something that, I, that they, they would say to me in the improv classes is like, dude, if you start in the absurd, where do you go from there? But like, I feel like if you live in the absurd and you know how to navigate that, then like you could stay there. You know, they, um, do things have to elevate? Because in the undefined, in, in the undefined premises of the absurd, you can travel in all directions. It's like a 3D plane. Like instead of, instead of visualizing it as a 2D plane where you're kind of elevating and then exploring and then elevating and then exploring. Actually, I guess I'll go this way because the screen's mirrored. Whoops, oh, don't know my stage directions. Fuck me, I guess. But um, it, so I am moving my hand like a graph where there's like a spike and then it moves along and then a spike and then it moves along and a spike. But what if we envisioned improvisation as a 3D plane where we can travel in all directions? What if we went backwards in time? That's probably still... Anyway, who am I to question improv technique? I did it for two weeks. But but the way that I'm talking about it is like I'm a professional and, and I've got original ideas. But that is kind of the question. When you feel like you are an original thinker... Oh, whoa, ego much? Um, when you think you're an original thinker, what if these ideas are things that you do need to hang on to? What if... The challenges of the world are meant for you to solidify your idea as opposed to take their ideas into consideration. Now, hmm, there are some things you do need to change your mind on, but there are some things where you're like, hmm, maybe I've just got the right idea, but that's kind of the question, right? That is the question. Do I change? Do I want to change? How necessary is it to change? And do I change out of a hat and into hair guy? Hey, what's up, guys? I just took off my hat, audio listeners. How do you fucking feel about that? Yeah, it's hot in here. It's hot, it's steamy. We've been serving ice cream all day. That'd actually kind of be a fun job, serving up ice cream. I've been offered from one of my friends who works at an ice cream place. It's actually a gelato place. Might be kind of fun, but not the kind of job I'm looking for. We interrupt this podcast to bring you a special message from World of Warcraft. Let me set the scene for you guys. Second time today. Second time today. Let's set the scene. An orc was born in the barren wastes of Durotar. A warrior of small stature 
who did what he was told for many years. He adventured far and wide, encompassing all of the geography of Azeroth, the planet of World of Warcraft. He executed the highest of high in terms of generals of the evil legions. He has vanquished Arthas. He has vanquished all of the villains in space, time, and in all other planes. He built up a collection of weapons, many hours, 2,000 or more hours totally played. There was many times of wishing that he was perhaps a different class, because he did not have magic. But all in all, he was a great warrior. And now he's no longer with us, folks. Because my World of Warcraft account has been hacked. And it's sad to some, but for me it represents a new chapter in my life, moving on. A recognition of the breaking of a cycle. Because as human beings, occasionally we do move in cycles. We kind of go up and down with the seasons. We open up, we blossom, we enjoy the summer. And as fall comes in our ass, we become inward. We look inward, as fall is a time for reflection and subscribing to World of Warcraft. Perhaps because we don't want to complete the self-reflection. Perhaps because the burdens of life in that time of year are too much, no longer for me, because my World of Warcraft account has been hacked. This time of year would be the time for me to resubscribe, to see how the game has changed, to take new paths and explore old ones. Because as the game changes, the old content, such as old bosses who you may have had to get together with, for, with a group of 25 people to vanquish, now you can do it yourself. Kind of a cool thing if you like role-playing. Now I can no longer do that. I no longer can stride atop my ironbound proto-drake, a dragon made of steel with blue fire breathing from its mouth. No longer can I explore the wastes of Outland. No longer can I feel the chill of the cool breeze of Northrend. No longer will I ever step upon the frozen wastes of Icecrown Citadel. Because I've been hacked. Have you guys ever been hacked before? That, that's kind of freaky, right? Because passwords are few and hard to remember. Now, sure, using Mac technology and, and, and other technologies such as, such as Secure VPN, which is not a sponsor, or, or some other kind of password encryption service, perhaps then, yes, you can have a bajillion passwords, but, but the brain can only hold so much. It's only a brain, you know? Perhaps I could create a list of, of, of the passwords somewhere and post it up on my wall. But what if someone walks into my room and goes, dude, you got your passwords just put up on your wall? I can hack into anything. I see that, that you have a very simple password for your Pornhub account, which I don't have. I don't have a Pornhub account, just saying. But wow, I see all the passwords, and therefore, I can be you. 
online and you can't do anything about it. That's the scary part about being hacked. That that somebody is now who you once were. Like like somebody who is not me is now logging into my old World of Warcraft account and my homies will see that I'm online and go, "Yo, shit. What's up, Josh?" And then and then and then is not me. But what if he pretends to be me? What if there's an imposter? Someone who is taking my identity. Now, I don't think that's happening. Perhaps it's just been con- con- converted to a gold farming bot because I-, I think that would be the purpose of the hacker. But the thing that makes me concerned is that the password was probably, was probably obtained through a data breach at Google. Because that was the, I, I did get an email that said that the security of this account is compromised. Whoa, that's a freaky email to get. And honestly, I had to just let it go. Because I could, you know, put up a huge fuss and be like, okay, World of Warcraft is a huge part of my life. And, 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 and I need this and this is something I want to work towards. But that's not really the case anymore. I got the podcast. This is, this is what I enjoy doing with my time now. I enjoy working on myself as an actor. I enjoy reading books. I enjoy smashing fitness goals. World of Warcraft isn't even on the list anymore. So as choked as I was that the account is fully out of my reach now, like it, it, is, it is gone beyond all redemption. They have changed the email address. They've changed the password. They've changed the phone number associated with it. So there's no way for me to get it back. That's okay. I'm 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 cool with that. Because it was kind of like a like a like a force quit mechanism for me to never do that again. It's broken the cycle. That's kind of cool. Because now now that I'm an adult and and there's not a new school year every year because I'm out of high school, you know? That, the the years kind of like you you tend to become very habitual and you start to kind of or I, I, I say you, but I mean me, I guess. I guess I've been kind of moving in cycles and that one, that part of the cycle is broken and it's left an, an opportunity for me to just begin a new one. And so I'm hoping that, you know, the podcast can be that. And, you know, I may not always have the privilege of, of having a studio space or housemates who are, are down for me to commandeer the entire living room so I can put up my studio and talk loudly for fucking 40 minutes. But, but I have it now. And perhaps this is something that can just keep going, you know? I'm enjoying it. And, and I don't even have any aspirations in the game anymore. This is, this is me kind of, I guess, rationalizing that it's, that it's not here for me anymore. But yeah, I remember when World of Warcraft was everything for me. Like before, before, um, before parkour before skateboarding before yeah before even i guess that was like during the time when i was like really trying to like centralize around skateboarding um i remember waiting for the bus for school and being like if i had one wish it would be that um i could be level 70 in world of warcraft can you imagine like like being so into something that if you had one wish in the entire world for anything to happen it would be that you would be at maximum level in World of Warcraft. Something you can probably achieve on your own anyway. That shows like how little I understood the mechanic of like 
a wish, you know? Because you could just get anything. And I was like, um, actually, I just want to be, like, really good at this video game. That was my wish. <laughs> That's funny. Because nowadays, if I, could, if I could wish anything, it would probably be some sort of advancement in my acting or comedy career, but that's kind of the same situation. It's like, yo, no, you put in the work and, and you get there. Because I, I eventually did get to level 70, and, and so I've got kind of a parallel aspiration now with my podcast. Like, sure, it would be awesome for more people to be able to see this because it's, it's really dope having an audience, even though I may not get the audience because I'm speaking so seriously, maybe I'm not being so funny, but... But that's also just stuff that comes with time. So that's kind of a cool little, you know, realization. It's kind of, it, it feels like a sign of growth, I guess. And, and I have been feeling a lot of growth these days, it, like for, for better or for worse, you know? Like I think one, one, of the, one of the things that's made me feel oddly old um, is I've been getting random pains in my armpits. Is that a sign of getting old? I think, like, part of, like, I'm, I'm 24 now, you know? I don't have much time left. And, and now my armpits are hurting. And what's next? I'm going to start having too much confidence talking to girls? You've seen old people. You've seen, you've seen the old dude who has, who's, you know, old and sloppy and, and, and saggy. And he has way too much confidence talking to pretty girls. You know the one I'm talking about. Oh, wait, it's all of them. They're all fucking way too confident talking to pretty girls. And, and, and is that next for me? It hasn't happened yet. You know, I can banter. I can, I can, I can, I can, I can speak. I, I can, I can hold a conversation. I, I could have a little interesting moment, but there's still like occasionally a moment where I'll just be like, holy shit. <laughs> like, um, I can, I can, um, I can think of an example that happened to me recently where I was just, I was at the beach and I was sitting and I think I had smoked a little bit. Of, I was, I was smoking some weed and just kind of enjoying my time. I was doing some comedy writing, which I do in my little yellow legal pads, which I take everywhere with me. Like I'll just like write a few pages a day, which is dope. I'm really glad that I'm at that point now where I can fucking write like a few pages a day. Dope. Um, but I was doing that and this, this girl caught my attention. Like she was um, walking with her friends and the sun was going down on the beach. So everyone was kind of vacating. You know, I was just chilling there cause I like the moments, I like the moments after the sunset on the beach. I find it quite romantic for myself because I like to, um, you know, really, really, really have a romantic moment for myself before I go home and, and, and masturbate. Whoa, just kidding. But if you thought that I wasn't kidding, you know, if I said that too casually, I understand if you, if, if you think I wasn't joking, because I said that very deadpan. It's called deadpan humor. You ever heard of Ricky Gervais? Gervais? Do you pronounce the S in his name? I don't fucking know. But um, so <laughs> I was sitting at the beach. You know, I was pretty high. And, and this girl was walking past. She had like this cool like pink hair. And we had awkward eye contact. But like it held, you know, because usually when I make awkward eye contact, I'm trying not to be creepy. Like a lot of my time spent in public is just like me trying not to be like openly creepy because I feel like my weirdness as a person makes me creepy, even though that's probably not the case. Like, I feel like I'm not a creepo. Like, I'm not just like, hey, hello, like show me your boobies. Like, I'm not like, I'm not a, I'm not a guy like that. But, you know, I, I, I feel like I spend a lot of time trying not to seem that way, even though that's not what I am. And so I break eye contact pretty quickly with, with hot ladies when that happens. But this time the eye contact didn't break. And I was like, holy shit, what happens next? And then, and then 
what the fuck? She says hi to me. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and she goes, like, we, we, we make the eye, awkward eye contact like so. And then she's like, hi. And I'm like, hi. <laughs> Which proved to me that maybe I don't have the 1000% confidence talking to girls which is great because that means I'm young and I'm not old and saggy yet, which is fantastic. I'm happy about that. There's also another situation <laughs> because sometimes, sometimes powerful eye contact will just like dismantle me. Not, not, not in, not in like a, not, not in like a Lego set way, like where you just dismantle a Lego set and you just see all the pieces laying there and it's just nothing. But maybe that is how that dismantles me. Um, but I was um, on the bus probably about a year ago. It's probably a year ago. And, and I accidentally caught eye contact with this lady who was sitting facing me because the buses, weirdly enough, have seats that turn around. So like, where the fuck do you put your eyes? And then if you make eye contact with someone, what the fuck do you do? Right. But we held eye contact for like a minute. And, and after like five seconds, I was already like, what the fuck do I do with my body? Like, like we made eye contact and then it felt like my whole body was just filled with electricity. And like, it wasn't like a hostile eye contact. It was like partially like a mutual acknowledgement of the other person's existence as a human being, but also like, are we attracted to each other? Like what, what the fuck is happening? But we both did it and neither of us looked away. Eye contact is strange like that. Like there is a lot of, communication that happens with our eyes and i hope that people understand that <laughs> like i i think i think people do but then you see people who will conduct themselves in ways that makes them not understand the unspoken part of of how we contact each other how how we how we connect and i will elaborate on that after this break Okay, I was saying something about eye contact. Like, okay, so there, I, I see people in public sometimes where I'm like, do, do you not understand what your eyes are saying? You know, be, because we, we speak through much more than words because at the root of our being is our intent or at, at, the, at the root of our communication is our intent as a human being, I think. I don't know. I'm speaking factually, but this is all theory. And I, honestly, I'm just 24, okay? So this may not be Jovi crawling on the floor, which is really funny to me right now. <laughs> He's a snail. Um, but um, I'm so serious today. Okay, cool. Well, that's just kind of the, the, way the, the way that things go sometimes. But there are some people in public that just, that just don't fucking get it. Like... I was on the bus. What's new? He's on the fucking bus. But um, but I saw a dude trying to make a connection with this lady through eye contact. And when someone, you know, after an initial eye contact, if it's broken too quickly and there's not like a connection, I feel like don't keep trying to make that connection. But this guy kept on looking back at this girl, like looking back, looking back looking back, hoping to make that connection. And and she just wasn't having it. And I could definitely feel like perhaps she was getting a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe I'm being presumptuous. Maybe there was some sort of a connection happening there. But the way that I perceived it was like, bro, take the fucking hint and stop looking at her. <laughs> like, but maybe I've been in that position too because sometimes you see someone 
and you're really attracted to them and you want that connection to happen so badly. But when that doesn't happen, like take the L, I guess. And this is this could also just be me talking to me. And now Jovi's doing push-ups across the floor. What is this guy? Who is this guy? What a silly boy. Oh, shh, shh. Josh is recording the podcast. Oh yeah, we just gotta be quiet. So guys, we're gonna do quiet time now because Josh is recording the podcast. We're gonna go into the, the ASMR portion of this. So basically what I'm trying to say is that um, when you make eye contact with someone in public and, and you don't feel the connection, maybe don't keep trying to make the connection because, because maybe they don't want that. And instead, what you can do is like put on a podcast, like perhaps this one or the Joe Rogan experience or or any other of the of the podcasts. Anyway, um this is me now conducting the ASMR portion of the podcast. I've run out of things that I've written down and meditated on prior. So I guess what we're gonna be doing now is like we're gonna be kind of freestyling it together um i want to hear from you guys what is the most pressing problem in your lives right now how are you faring during covid have you bought a dog was the cause of that mental anguish either way i'm really happy that you're a dog owner and that's really tight and and if you're if if you're holding if you're holding it together during these covid times i'm proud of you and you're doing a really good job and 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 do, do you know what i think you're really cool i think that if you want to buy that pair of sunglasses they really fit the structure of your face and that and 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 if you want to even buy sunglasses that don't fit the structure of of your face you can also do that because we can do whatever we want we are infinite we are human beings and and we are not geese yo fuck geese i actually fucking hate geese <laughs> Like, I, I spite geese at every turn I get. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, like, step at them because then they will attack. And I've seen on, on, on websites such as geeserelief.com, look it up. People have broken limbs from geese attacks. So what the fuck? How does that happen? How the fuck do you break something from being attacked by a goose? They have no teeth. They have no strength. They have no technology, and that's how I spite geese. Sometimes when they're stepping, they're getting too close. What I'll do is I'll take my phone and I'll face it towards them and go, hey, we made this, or I'll turn on the flash just to confuse them. I'll go, humans, human, we have this, we made this, you are stupid. And that's how you know I'm still getting accustomed to living in unison with nature. Because I'm not, I'm not fully adjusted. 
You know, I feel hostile towards geese. You know, I could just be hanging out on the beach. When is he not hanging out on the beach? Um, but I'll just be hanging out on the beach. And then, and then I realize how integrated we are with nature here in Vancouver because there will be groups of humans and then there's going to be groups of geese. Where else in the world does that happen? Sure, maybe, maybe in, in some South, Southeast Asian countries, there's like coexistence with like monkeys. That's dope as fuck, actually, when you think about it. Let's think about that for a sec. They've kind of got the better end of the, of, of the stick there. Like, sure, monkeys are kind of mischievous, right? Which makes me feel confident and primal for having a mischievous nature. But I would much rather have monkeys than geese. Can you imagine like a nice alpine setting like Vancouver, where there's just like a city smack dab in the middle of nature, like so? And instead of geese, you got monkeys. Do monkeys attack? Oh, they probably do. Shit. I guess I just thought it would be cool, but... And I, I probably wouldn't step at monkeys, because they're, they're kind of like second cousins to us. Or like third or fourth, or like... If, if you wanted to be scientific, how many degrees of separation are we from, from the, you know, the... What is a group of monkeys called, even? I actually want to find that out. Like, a, 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 what is a group of monkeys called? Because there's, like, special words for, like, you know, a murder of crows. Very edgy. Whoever did that, congrats on that. And, and there's a gaggle of geese, which no one actually says. Like, if you want to be grammatically correct in your, in your speech and you say gaggle of geese, I don't want to see you. If you're going to say, oh, look at that gaggle of geese, or even worse, look at the gaggle of goslings. Oh, you sound stupid when you say that. Even though you're saying it the smart way, I don't like that. So am I what's making society stupid? Because I am, am, am not excited when you speak like that to me. I, I, don't, I don't feel included. It, it, it just makes me feel like you are so smart. Oh, good for you. So... Is that something that I need to work on? Is that just some shit that I need to work on? Oh, shit. Okay. A group of monkeys may be commonly referred to as a tribe or a troop. That's interesting because that was the first word that came to mind. Like, a tribe of monkeys. But that didn't feel right. Like, I just, I doubted myself. And when there is a moment of doubt in your technique, and, and you don't feel like, you, you know, you don't feel like you know what's going on, you doubt yourself, and you itch your ear, you, you scratch your ear and make sure that the itch is gone. A group of monkeys may be commonly referred to as a tribe or a troop. You'd be like, yo, check out that troop of monkeys. I don't like that. I would just say, look at all the monkeys. Is that not better? Why can't you say that? I guess you could. But if you want it to be grammatically correct, check out the troop of monkeys over there. They're being really mischievous and stealing our ice cream. But anyways, let's get back to geese for a sec. Because seriously, how do you injure yourself in physical violence with a goose? No teeth, no strength, no technology, no weapons. The geese are the weapons. You could, you could use a goose as a weapon to fight off other geese. 
Why? Because their bodies are shaped like fucking hammers. You could fight off infinite geese by just taking one goose and throwing it at the next one. You could literally wage war on the geese, which is what I plan on doing. I plan on declaring open war on all of the geese. Even if there is a goose king that comes at me, I just take one goose and throw it like a hammer, like the hammer bros from Mario. Look it up in a dictionary, bucko. I, 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 take, I take one goose hammer and I throw it at the next one and you can take on infinite geese. That's that. You, the geese have nothing on us. They can't, they can't. So who is breaking themselves? Are they running away from geese tripping, falling, breaking arms? Are they, are they, are they running away from geese tripping, falling, breaking arms inside of a river? Uh, you know, is, are you being chased by one and you, and you trip on a rock and, and break your neck? Who broke their neck in a battle with a goose? And I want to know, what the fuck did they do to, to get themselves in that situation? Was the goose just very territorial? Or was the human being hostile? Because I remember glimpsing upon geese while on acid, and I was like, wow, geese really, like, respond to body language. And that was what made me understand animals a lot more. Like, I feel like another part of me growing up is I'm starting to understand how alive animals are. They're so alive. <laughs> animals are so fucking alive. Like, when you're a kid, animals are, like, when I was a kid, I thought animals were just stupid things. I was like, oh, you're, you're a big dummy. <laughs> stupid. We're we going to eat a carrot. <laughs> stupid horse. <laughs> Whoa, look at the stupid goose. They poop everywhere. How do they speak? Oh, they don't. Well, now that I'm older, I'm starting to see animals as a little bit more alive, and I think I'm starting to have a little bit more empathy. I'm not turning vegan, though. That sounds stupid for me. I'm not saying it's stupid. I'm just saying for me. <laughs> Big time meat fan over here. <laughs> Cock gobbler. That's me. <laughs> I love it in my mouth. <laughs> Put all the dicks in my mouth. <laughs> Photoshop them in my mouth. I don't care. Whatever. Love meat. In fact, starting today, I will become... Just kidding. I was going to say a meditarian, but that actually doesn't even sound that fun because like there is, I, I do get pleasure <laughs> from eating leafy greens because how nice is it to eat something and be hydrated by it at the same time that you're eating it? Now, I don't get that with meat because meat is you, you season it with salt. You season the meat with salt. You, you take the meat, you put it in the oven, you season it with salt. And then, and then, and then you eat it and you're like, wow. Chef put too much salt on the steak, or or whatever. Maybe you don't say it like that. That's that's how I would say that. But you eat a leafy green, you get the juice, huh? What the fuck? That was that was another thing I realized on psychedelics. Whoa, Josh, you sound like you do psychedelics a lot. No, well, I'm just recalling all of those experiences currently. So they're all clumping together in one, which is what happens when we reflect on the past events will merge and seem like there are many, even though the days were long and the experiences were few. Okay? Jesus. I know my mom's watching this. She tells me she's not, but I know she is. I'm on to you. Mom. <laughs> like, I told, I told my mom to, like, not watch this, but I'm sure she does. How could you not? 
How? If I had a son who was doing this, of course I'm watching every episode and being like, wow, that's my son, you know? Wouldn't you be curious in everything your, ch your children did? Like, I feel, damn, maybe, maybe I'm just like a potential helicopter parent here. Ha! <laughs> this is called the birth of a helicopter parent. Yeah. Yeah. I will parent from a helicopter. I think I'd be a kick-ass dad, though. Like, I used to be like, yo, the kid thing, never fucking happening. But, like, as I grow older, it's starting to appeal more and more to me. Just, like, hearing some of those experiences, I'm like, oh, okay. I could see me being into this in, like, you know, 10 or 20 years. Huh? Because there's people my age having kids. Or, you know, if I had a kid at age 18, I would have a six-year-old right now. And there are people that do that. Not me, because I'm selfish and I need to do selfish things currently. Like, like I, and by selfish, I mean like, I, I really just gotta focus on myself right now because, because I've got a lot of goals and I gotta get them done and there's gonna be more goals to do. But, but all my focus is on myself currently and that is not the right position to be in to be a parent. Like, I feel like, if you're a, if if you're gonna be a parent, you gotta be ready to put in like one thousand percent effort. You gotta be there, and you gotta like look into like how to parent properly. Like when I see someone parenting properly, I'm like, yo, damn, sick. Like I like seeing lessons instilled through positive reinforcement. Like I had a little glimpse into what it was like to be a parent the other day because I was biking to work, and on the bike path, um, there is a unique occurrence. Because on a bike path, anybody can use it. You gotta be over the age of 16 to drive here in Canada. I don't know where the fuck you're watching this from, but you gotta be 16 to drive. But to bike on a bike path, you could, you could be six years old. So, so you, you will encounter children when you're biking at high speeds, and it's just something you gotta work with. And so I was biking across the bridge. It's um, it's kind of like okay, so there, Vancouver is like a big crescent around an island of downtown with the ocean on one side. So it's like crescent moon, and inside of the crescent moon is an island, and then on the outside of the island and not crescent moon side there is water. And that's kind of how I visualize Vancouver. I could be wrong about how I'm doing this, but. Fuck you, my show. Um, so um, there is a bridge that connects me from the southern end of the crescent moon into the interior island. And I was crossing the, I was biking across the bridge, which is a very large bridge, um, but it, there's like a thin bike lane. And there was um, a child biking with her father. And I, I was going really fast. And I saw that she had, like the, the little girl had looked over her shoulder because I guess she heard me coming and, and she looked over her shoulder and saw me and then she moved over. And I was like, yo, that's really smart and cool. So as I passed her, I said, thanks. And not in like a, um, not, not in like a, like a passing way. I, I actually like, you know, connected and said like, yo, thanks for doing that. That's awesome. Like, I think that's like a dope form of, of teaching kids is like when they do the right things out of their own motivation, fucking reward that shit because they're going to want to do that like 
that's kind of a, a, a funny little zone that the world is moving into. Like, I think that generations prior, there was a lot of um, parenting through negative reinforcement. Like, I feel like there's been, like, like where we are now in time is kind of revolutionary for parenting because all the times before that, I feel like there was a lot of like negative reinforcement and like punishment for the wrong behaviors. And, and these days I'm seeing a lot more um, reward for the correct behaviors, which is something that I've kind of, I, I have learned about in books that I've been reading about instilling positive habits. It, in, in, I forget what fucking book it was. It may have been Mindset by Carol Dweck, which is a really fucking fantastic book. Like if you want to like improve your mental ability and really change your own mind to be more motivated and a more positive person, definitely check out that book, Mindset by Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K. Um, but in, I think, I think it was in, in that book. It may have been in another one. Anyway, that book is still good. But uh, it may have been in that book that um, it explored positive reward versus negative punishment. And, and positive reward would always lead to better behavior for whoever the fuck was being experimented on. And I, I, think, I think we're seeing that more in parenting. So I'm, I'm really curious to see like where the world goes in coming generations. Like I, you know, after I die, maybe I don't get to observe what the fuck happens here on earth. You know, maybe, maybe I die and there's just nothingness. But you know, if there was some kind of a heaven, I would like to just like spend a lot of time observing like where is humanity moving, um, you know, as a group? Because society is a very slow moving mechanism. Kind of like like I heard I heard Joe Rogan talk about this in his latest podcast with Duncan Trussell. Um, towards the end of it, he was saying society is a very slow moving ship. Now people are very quick to change, um, but we also expect society to change as fast as we do and that's not always the case but because because society is gargantuan like like joe used the analogy that it's like a cruise ship or or like a fucking you know aircraft carrier which which is cool but i'm i in the coming years i'm curious to see where this aircraft carrier of society goes if we choose to um continue moving into a more positive more loving more yeah, a more inclusive place, because that's dope. Anyway, I think that just about sums it up, where we've reached about, you know, 46 minutes. So yeah, thank you for joining me on this week's episode. This one was a sitting one as opposed to a standing one, maybe a little bit less crazy, maybe a little bit more crazy. Um, didn't smoke weed before this one, so maybe it was a little bit less random, a little bit more focused, um, maybe faster though. I've been kind of experimenting um, I don't know, I, I feel fine being open about this, but I'm, I've been kind of experimenting with um, what state of mind do I enjoy being in? Like, what, what is, what, what kind of performance can I create by changing my state through using caffeine, not using caffeine, through, use, through smoking weed before doing it, through doing this, you know, in like earlier in the day as opposed to later on in the day? You know, do I talk slower? Do I talk faster? Um, you know, what if I, what if I microdose before doing this? What, what if I, you know, what if I mix coffee earlier in the day plus weed? You know, am I able to make abstract connections quickly? That may be something that I explore um, on next week's episode. Maybe, you know, I record this again at, you know, the time now is 3.18 p.m. Maybe I'll take my coffee in the morning and when I'm hitting my energy peak, maybe I smoke some weed and then record the show and then see what happens. It's kind of fun to just see what kind of show 
um, results from my experiments because because it's my show. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like I I I, I set it up. I light it. I direct it. I act it. I sometimes write shit, um, and I edit it. And then and then sometimes I'll send it off to Brody and I'll get him to do highlights. And I pay him because you should pay your fucking artist friends, especially if they're taking time out of your day to do work for you. Pay your friends. <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, this it's um, it's cool to experiment and see what kind of results come from each show and. You know, maybe if I was a little bit more professional, I wouldn't disclose details like that. Maybe I wouldn't give that peek behind the curtain, but that's not my style. Like, my style has always been like, I'm on a journey and I want to show you guys where exactly I'm at and what I'm learning about. So, um, what's on what's on the list for me? Oh, I thought I was wrapping, wrapping up the show, but I guess I, I, guess I just want to talk about um, some changes that I'm making. So, currently, um, some changes I'm trying to make are um, I'm trying to spend less time on social media. Like uh, I've I've re-enabled my time limit for Instagram because um, I'm pretty much off my my dating app addiction, which is fantastic because that was like really time consuming, especially like you're connecting with so many people and it takes so much energy to plan all these fucking dates. And like, I've already got enough stuff going on with like acting that like it's really tough to fit things into my schedule. And then when I'm addicted to dating apps, I will like make dates of even more importance and they'll just like take priority and I'll just like start making plans with that and then things will just like fall through and then I won't be progressing as a person even though I'm trying to find a balance between progression uh, through I'm trying to find a balance of achievement and fulfillment because that's something that Tony Robbins said he said achievement and fulfillment are two sides of the same coin and I've been really trying to find a way to balance that coin on its side so I can enjoy both faces of that coin um, I just finished reading The Silmarillion which was a fantastic fucking book um, that was legendary and it's made me kind of crave more fiction. Um, so I have, or fi like e even just stories, like I've just been craving stories as opposed to, um, I read a lot of really dry nonfiction too. Like I read a lot about acting. I read a lot about, um, psychology. Um, but what I would like to do a little bit more is I would like to read some more Jack Kerouac. Um, he is a writer who was born in 1922, died in 1969, and he's like a pretty um, legendary writer. And I want to learn about Hemingway because there was a skateboarder that I was watching um, from this YouTube channel called Jankum, which is like, it's a, it's a skateboarding channel and also like a skateboarding company, I think. Um, and I was watching that skater, one of these skater guys, and he was like, I felt really matched up with his mentality. Like I felt like this guy and I kind of approach life in the same way. And we're trying to have a very cultivated yet subconscious um, and instinctual experience, you know, find, find, finding balance between the conscious and the subconscious. And, and this guy seemed like he was trying to do that. And, and he divulged some, some wisdom and he said that, um, he learned a lot about commitment and being confident in himself from reading from reading Jack Kerouac and Ernest Hemingway. So that's kind of up next for my reading journey. And um, what else am I working on these days? Um, working on my anterior pelvic tilt, like my body kind of bows out um, and it makes me look kind of fat from the front, but it's really like I'm actually just fit and my my hip bones are hinged forward overcompensating to try and like make myself have good posture and I'm learning to just kind of like tilt my hips back and like one of my my physiotherapists said um point your penis at whoever you're talking to which is fucking hilarious I love that and I love thinking about that so um yeah those are some things I'm working on currently 
And um, yeah, I've got some short films coming up. Um, I've been, you know, dipping my toe into the, the stunt community a little bit more and maybe some things will take off with that. Who knows? Um, and auditions have started coming in, which is fantastic. Like originally, uh, originally, but a, a few months ago or even last month, I would get, you know, maybe one or two auditions a month. And now it's like, or zero, or zero auditions a month because, you know, COVID and then whatever, you know, maybe, maybe I wasn't needed, but yeah, especially COVID. Um, but I had two auditions like last week and then this week I had an audition. So fucking cool. Awesome. I'm glad that things are happening. And, um, you know, auditions, it's a, it's a numbers game. Now I'm, I'm always working on my audition technique and trying to be better, trying to be more authentic, more connected, uh, more interesting, um, trying to make better choices, trying to seem more alive as a human being. Cause you know, it's hard to be fucking alive in front of a camera. And, and, and look like you're speaking to someone inside of a scene and, and be believable and stuff. But I really feel like I'm getting there. So I'm in, I'm in acting classes currently. And then, um, um, and then I'm also working on stand-up. And this Friday, I do need to contact the stand-up lady, Susie, who runs Rossum Comedy. And hopefully I can get a spot next week. So uh, I'm going to wrap it up there. Thank you, Wes. And thank you, Kevin, for tuning in fucking consistently. You guys are awesome. And um, thank you, anybody else. Like, drop drop a comment in the comment section below if you got all the way to the end of this. Like, I, I would really love to see, like, who who's watching, you know? Who's not just clicking away or, you know, doing other things. Um, that's it. And um, don't punch yourself. Don't ever punch yourself. Bye now.